on air for Fanfare Racing's NASCAR Weekend Preview, and uh, we will not have hot topics on our podcast for this week. But joining me for our show today is Andy Lasky. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you, Sharon. This would be the uh, Friday morning coffee edition of Fan for Racing, but uh, certainly <laughs> um, looking forward to talking about Darlington. Yes, indeed. We're doing a podcast this week uh, due to time schedules, and uh, we will be having our Monday night show on Tuesday next week. So uh, be sure to tune in at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our Tuesday broadcast of our NASCAR race review. And we will have topic, hot topics on Tuesday night. So with that, uh, Andy, let's go ahead and get into our ARCA racing uh, updates. We've got a couple of series that are not racing this weekend, the Arkham Menard Series East and the Arkham Menard Series West. Uh, the next race for that group is going to be September the 11th. That's next weekend at the Portland 112 at the Grand Prix of Portland for the Arca West. So uh, that's 5 p.m. Pacific time, which means it's going to be about 8 p.m. Eastern time, Andy. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, I think. Um, As you mentioned, it's a Grand Prix. It's a road course race. So uh, that should be a fun one to look forward to. The ARCA series, actually all three ARCA series always put on some pretty fantastic racing. So we'll have that to look forward to next week. Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and give the points for the ARCA West. Uh, it's at the top of the page here. Um, I don't know if you've got it up or not, but uh, hopefully it's coming up here from my screen. Yeah, taking uh, a look at the ARCA West series, I've got um, Jesse Love as the points leader, Cole Moore second, uh, Jake Drew third, Todd Souza in fourth, and uh, – Paul Perdron Stelly Jr., I hope I pronounced that right, is in fifth. Perfect. So that's what I'm showing for the Arca Menards West Series point standings. And, of course, um, uh, Jesse loves having quite a year. It's, um, you know, uh, been good for him, and he's the current points leader. So certainly things going well there. Exactly. Only two points uh, between him and Cole Moore. Uh, five races into the season, so I believe they have four more races left. So only 20 points between the number five driver, Paul Pedronselli Jr., and uh, Jesse Love, the points leader. So this is a kind of a tight race right here. It is. It, it is very tight, and that's what's going to make this exciting going down the stretch here in the fall to close out the season. So we'll certainly keep an eye on this series. I think that uh, the championship battle, Uh, could easily come down to that last race and we always dream about that you know that type of scenario so it'll be fun to fun to see how that unfolds okay and the next five drivers will include the top 10 and there's only 10 drivers that have raced all five races this season yeah that's been um that's been the interesting thing is uh, we've had a lot of drivers that have only run a limited schedule um but, uh, yeah, looking at the top ten here, the rest of the top ten, I should say, uh, Joey Est is in sixth, Trevor Huddleston in seventh, Bridget Burgess in eighth, uh, Takuma Koga in ninth, and then Bobby Hillis Jr. rounds out the top ten. So um, 
yeah, pretty pretty interesting battle there. And, and to your point, a lot of drivers have run limited schedules this year. So, um, you know, that makes it, um, you know, certainly tight. It's, what, what's made it interesting about that is the fact that uh, so few drivers have run the full schedule that the championship battle is as tight as it is. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun to see how that all, all works out. Yeah, and actually the West is probably one of the better series. They have more participants that are still in the game, if you will. You've got the tie between Takuma Koga and uh, Bobby Hillis Jr. They're both tied at 54 points back from the leader for that ninth and tenth spot. Uh, but if you, as we as we move on here, you'll see that it becomes fewer and fewer people that have participated in all the races uh, because the points are just so close between those few people. So uh, it, it is this one. I think is one of the more interesting one because you've got more players involved uh, in in that points battle and for jockeying for position within the top 10 there. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. It is pretty cool. Let's go ahead and talk about the ARCA East because uh, their next race is actually going to be in two weeks. Uh, They'll be racing the Bush Beans 200 at September the 16th. That'll be 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, and there'll be a Bristol Motor Speedway so that one will be televised on Fox Sports 1. I don't know if I mentioned it, but the, the West race is actually going to be on uh, NBC Sports Gold Track Pass. But uh, anybody who does not have that, you can still go to ArcaRacing.com, and they will have coverage, uh, radio coverage, to keep you up to date with what's going on during the race. Now, the other thing about this East race is that's going to be a companion race with the Arkham Menard Series. So, and it's also going to be a Sioux Chief Showdown race. So I believe it's race nine of the Sioux Chief Showdown. So um, three points opportunity, two series, one track. So it's it's uh, really kind of an interesting scenario they've got here with the Arca East and the Arca Menard series uh, working together. And you said that's at Bristol, so that's actually most likely part of the NASCAR weekend in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, they'll have a, a which is a big opportunity for these drivers to um, any any time they can run a companion event um, with you know any of the national series. It's always a big deal because it gives these drivers more exposure and they're on a bit of a bigger stage, if you will. So. Um, yeah. You know, those companion events with Bristol are certainly going to be fun to watch. We always know how exciting Bristol is anyway. Um, you know, so that's a good stage for these Arkham and RZ drivers to go out there and perform in front of perhaps even more people than normal. So um, certainly a big stage. Okay. With seven races in for the Arkham and Series East, let's go ahead and cover the points there. Yeah, points leader is uh, Sammy Smith, and he's actually got a, a pretty sizable lead, 343 points over to 319, which is Daniel Dye, who's also had a good season in second. Mason Diaz is in third. Joey Est is fourth. Matt Gutierrez in uh, the top five. So certainly um, been a really good season for these drivers, in particular, of course, Sammy Smith and Daniel Dye, who have been up front the better part of the season. Yeah, Mason Diaz was there uh uh, Daniel's been in third, but Mason Diaz uh, dropped back to third 
just this past weekend because uh, he kind of ran into some issues at the track. But uh, that's going to be a fun battle to watch because there is, what, only seven points between between Daniel Dye and Mason Diaz. Uh, Joey East is not that far behind. He's five points behind Mason uh, in fourth place. And only seven drivers have raced all seven races this season. So uh, Roger Carruth is that sixth guy from Rev Racing. And there's some news this week about Roger Carruth. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting, actually. Um, he'll go uh, part-time Xfinity Series racing with um, Alpha Prime Motorsports, which was the former Tommy Joe Martin's motorsports team. Um, so right. that's um, and that's so that's a new partnership uh, between Tommy, Tommy Joe, Joe Martin's, Martin's and another person are joining forces, right? That, Caesar Caesar uh, Barstarella. That's Baccarella. Yeah, he's gonna he's going to um, be racing part of the races along with Roger Carruth. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a pretty big opportunity, and that's a that's a team that's looking to improve upon its current performance and looking to get better and expand and grow into the future. And and so for for Roger to get that opportunity to go Xfinity Series racing is is a big deal. Anytime you get that opportunity and that phone call, um, it, it it's a really big deal. So that's big news for him. It's big news for that team to announce their new partnership and their growth moving into 2022. So obviously big news for him, and um, hopefully we'll get him on here to talk about that at some point. At some point we're going to work on that. Now Roger. Um... I think along with that announcement, they announced that Roger would be racing full-time in the Arkham Menard Series next season for the championship with Rev Racing. So that's kind of cool uh, news for Roger Carruth as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a full-time opportunity to go out and race in the Arkham Menards. Is it the East or West Series, Sharon? Do you know? He's in the East right now, but uh, he'll be racing full-time in the ARCA, the main ARCA series, ARCA Menard okay, so that's series. A really good, and that's a really good opportunity for him uh, to go out and run full-time next year, uh, you know, to compete for a championship, to gain more experience, um, all the while competing part-time in the Xfinity series, and that's only going to position himself uh, to be better prepared for whatever future opportunities may be presented. So, yeah, really good opportunity for him, and certainly was uh, happy to see that announcement this week. Yes, indeed. Okay, now we'll move over to the pit box for the Arkham Menard series because uh, they have a race this weekend out at DeCoin State Fairgrounds in DeCoin, Illinois. Uh, we've, we've got a really weird situation. Uh, Southern Illinois decided that they needed to have their own state fair versus the uh, Illinois state fair. So every year we have the Illinois state fair and then we have the DuCoin state fair. <laughs> so uh, the Southern Illinois 100 presented by Lucas Oil uh, will be on Sunday, September the 5th. And they'll be racing at 8 p.m. local time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And that will be televised on MAV-TV. And fans can also watch that race on live streaming on NBC Sports Gold's Track Pass. Uh, Again, Arca Menards uh, always has the ArcaRacing.com radio coverage as well. 
It is a one-mile clay oval, so this is on the dirt, or should I say the clay, 100 laps uh, covering a distance of 100 miles. On Sunday, September the 5th, the garage will open at 11 a.m. Practice will take place at 4.15 p.m. and qualifying at 6 p.m. The race again will be 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So, uh, uh, exciting to see these guys back at the track. This has been the busy time of year for the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, so, uh, Corey Heim is definitely looking forward to this dirt race because if you remember a couple weeks ago, Ty Gibbs won at Michigan and then Corey Heim won at the Illinois State Fairgrounds, uh, which was also a dirt race. So, Ty Gibbs won last week. Uh, I forget where they were now, but uh, he won last week, again, on a paved oval, and uh, Ty Gibbs did, and now they're returning now to the dirt again at DeCoin, Illinois. So Corey Heim is ready to go at it at DeCoin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what's interesting is, you know, certainly Ty Gibbs has, has received a lot of the, um, the highlights you know, and the attention this year with, with his outstanding performances. But Corey Himes right there. Um, Gibbs, of course, is the points leader. Uh, I'll just take a look at that rundown real quick. Uh, but Corey Himes is in second and only 11 points back, which is really not that much. Uh, in fact, the next closest competitor in Tad Moffitt is 215 points back in third. So this is still a really tight points battle uh, between first and second. And to your point, Sharon, this is a great opportunity for Corey to go out, potentially win, and and get even closer to Ty Gibbs uh, for that points lead. So uh, it's going to be a fun battle to too, see. Yeah, what's interesting here too, Andy, is that Ty Gibbs and Corey Heim are the only two drivers that have raced all 16 races so far this year. And there's only four races left in this series as well. So things are going to slow down a little bit heading into the fall. But, uh, yeah, this is still going to be fun to watch without a doubt. Absolutely. No, it'll be a fun battle. And the the points lead, you know, with with it being as tight as it is, um, it's really – hard to say who's actually going to come out and, and win this championship. So um, going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. Now there's three drivers that have 15 races under their belt. Brad Smith in fifth, Nick Sanchez in fourth and Thad Moffat in third place. Uh, but they're all significantly back. So they're not in the battle, but uh, they'll be jockeying for position. Um, at least uh, that Nick We'll be trying to do everything they can to gain. Yeah, they certainly will. And, and that's the, an important point to make note here is even though uh, these drivers in the middle to back part of the top 10 in points don't have a chance at the championship, anytime you can position yourself for a greater points position only helps the team out. And, you know, so there's going to be some jockeying for position uh, to try to maybe get into the top five in points uh, for some other drivers, maybe even to get in the top 10 in points. So there's still plenty of racing to be done here, whether you're part-time or full-time. And and certainly these last four races, um, 
you know, they're going to be fun because this is crunch time and we're getting down toward the end of the season, which that in itself is hard to believe. This year's gone so fast. I can't believe really we're already does. talking championship and, and playoffs. It's just, it's been, it's been a fast year for sure. Okay. So, um, now then, because he he hogged all six available bonus points at Milwaukee, I'm talking about Ty Gibbs, it was Milwaukee where he won last week, the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, in addition to winning the race, Gibbs has an 11-point lead, as you mentioned, over Heim, heading into the coin this weekend. Gibbs win at Michigan uh, when he won there. He had a seven-point lead over Heim uh, before Heim won at Springfield to draw more even at the top of the point standings. Now, the clay ovals at both Springfield and DeCoin are almost identical, so Heim's got to feel pretty confident going into this weekend's race. Uh, and it's been a little bit of a tit-for-tat there. Uh, Ty will win, and then Heim will win, and then Ty will win, and it's been going back and forth. Corey Heim, of course, is in the number 20 for Venturini Motorsports. He has a pair of top five finishes, and he's never finished outside the top ten in the four dirt races uh, dating back to 2019. So Gibbs, on the other hand, well, he's got one top five finish in his second place run a couple weeks ago at Springfield in his three dirt starts. Um, The driver of the number 18 for Joe Gibbs Racing has never raced it to coin on that platform. So that hasn't stopped him, though, Andy. <laughs> he's raced a lot of tracks he's never raced at before and won this year. Oh, uh, talking about Ty Gibbs, you said? Yes. Yeah, it's been incredible. And, uh, you know, to watch what he's been able to do um, in the ARCA series this year has been nothing short of outstanding and and to even touch upon his Xfinity series uh, racing. He's been outstanding there too. Um, you don't see incredible talents like this come along very often. We call them, I think, generational talents or whatever, or whatever you want to call them. But, um, you know, you can't, whether, whether you're a fan of his or not, you have to respect how uh, talented he is. And he has yeah. an incredibly bright future in racing. Um, you know, the, he's just, he's doing things that um, a lot of other drivers haven't been able to replicate yet, you know, and I think that he's just ahead of his years. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise that he's been able to go out there and, and run really well in ARCA. And I think that that progression won't stop there. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been impressive to say the least. Okay, a couple of other notes here with regard to the race this weekend um, is that Ty Gibbs will not have a teammate uh, similar to what happened at uh, Illinois State Fairgrounds. Uh, But Heim is going to have two teammates to work with. Jesse Love will be in the number 15 for Venturini Motorsports, and Tony Breidinger will be in the number 25 at Venturini. So uh, two teammates for uh, Corey Heim will give him a little bit of an advantage as well. And another big note, this name will sound familiar to you, Andy. Uh, A notable entry at DeCoin this weekend is the veteran and fan favorite Kenny Schrader, 66-year-old will make his first Arkham and Art Series start since 2019. So that's going to be huge down there in southern Illinois. Kenny Schrader is a 
big-time fan favorite, uh, four-time ARCA winner at his home track. He'll be racing Sunday for Andy Hillenberg as part of his attempt at the DeCoin Triple. He also plans to race in both the USAC Silver Crown Ted Horn 100 and the Odani Memorial Modified Race at the track over the weekend. So also dirt track ringer Ryan Unzinger is also entered at DeCoin. He's from El Paso, Illinois, and he's looking to make up for his disappointing finish at his home track at Springfield. He finished 13th because of radiator issues that took him out of the race after 23 laps. Unsinger has 21 ARCA series starts dating back to 2003, and all but one, Salem in 2003, have come on the dirt at either Springfield or DeCoin. He was actually last year's defending winner at the Illinois State Fairgrounds, so uh, that was a huge disappointment for him to finish 13th. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see Kenny Schrader uh, still racing. He's still having fun. Uh, we see him do a lot of dirt track racing some of these ARCA events, um, certainly not slowing down at 66 years old and uh, having a fun time doing it. So cool to see him still out there and having a good time racing. Uh, we'll go to the entry list here next. Uh, we've mentioned quite a few of these drivers. Uh, I haven't counted how many are on here. Let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 drivers are entered uh, this weekend. And uh, I'm not sure if you have it up. Andy? I do. But, okay, we can go two by two from the bottom, uh, just kind of going over the entry list. Uh, if you want, I can start, and then you can follow suit. Sure, absolutely. Okay, we'll start with Wayne Peterson in the 06 from Pulaski, Tennessee. He'll be driving uh, that 06 Chevrolet for Wayne Peterson with Michael Peterson on top of the pit box. Mike Schroop will be on top of the pit box for Tim Moreau in the number one Chevrolet for Hillenburg, and he hails from Elmwood, Illinois, so another uh, local driver participating this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Next up, we've got uh, a familiar name, Will Kilmel, in the number 69 Ford uh, with Bill Kilmel serving as the crew chief, and then we've got Brad Smith from uh, Shelby Township, Michigan, and the number 48 Chevrolet, of course, Jeff Smith, will be his crew chief. Okay. Uh, Taylor Gray is back in the number 48 Ford for uh, uh, David Gilliland Racing, uh, and uh, Chad Johnston will be on top of the pit box. Actually, I, th- I guess uh, Johnny Gray has part ownership of that car as well. So in the number 27 Toyota, uh, for uh, the Richmond um, Club race team is Zachary Tinkle uh, from Speedway, Indiana. Wayne Peterson, I wonder how he's going to do that. He's going to be driving and crew chiefing for the number 27. <laughs> Must be multi-talented. <laughs> it must be. Uh, yeah, that'll be... Um... Interesting to see how that works out. Um, next up, we've got Tony Bridinger in the number 25 Toyota. That's for Venturini Motorsports with uh, team owner Billy Venturini serving as her crew chief. And then uh, Ryan Unsicker in the number 24 Chevrolet uh, with uh, Bill Hendren as the crew chief. 
carries. He he hails from El Paso, Illinois. So as we mentioned, he is uh, one of the the local drivers. And the number twenty also for Billy uh, for Venturini Motorsports will be Corey Heim. Shannon Rush will be his crew chief. And Corey Heim, for those who don't know, uh, is from Marietta, Georgia. In the number 18 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing will be Ty Gibbs from Huntersville, North Carolina. And Mark McFarland, a familiar name in racing, is his crew chief. All right. In the number 16 Chevrolet, it's Kelly Kowalski. Uh, from Sherman, Illinois, uh, with John Hansen as crew chief. And then Jesse Love, of course, a longtime guest of the Fan for Racing radio show, uh, the number 15 Toyota uh, from Redwood City, California, for Venturini Motorsports, Kevin Reed, serving as his crew chief. Okay. Dick Dohaney will be the crew chief for the number 12 Hillenburg Toyota, driven by D.L. Wilson from Mark, Texas. And in the number 11 Ford for Andy Hillenburg will be Owen Smith from Louisa, Virginia. Owen Smith will be his crew chief. Well, All right, Owen Smith and will crew chief his own car, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Call him for his own adjustments. That way he can't get mad when the crew chief makes the wrong change, I suppose. <laughs> but, exactly. Um, and uh, as you already mentioned earlier, um, longtime fan favorite, Kenny Schrader, the number 10 Toyota. That's another Andy Hillenburg entry uh, from Fenton, Missouri, with Jeff McClure as the crew chief. And Landon Lewis in the number two Toyota. That is a Rev Racing entry uh, owned by team owner Max Siegel. And Mark Rep will serve as his crew chief. He hails from Ocean Isle, Bell, or Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. Okay. Do you have a favorite in this race? Andy, who uh, do you think's going to win go, it? Got to go with, uh, well, my heart says Kenny Schrader. I've always liked Kenny from his, the beginning of time when I got into racing uh, 20 and a half years ago. I've always enjoyed his personality. But uh, if I've got to go with the realistic uh, contender for the win, you can't bet against Ty Gibbs. Ooh, you're going to go for Ty Gibbs. Well, then I've got to go for Corey Heim on this one. Of course. Uh, of course. And, and you're right. <laughs> Part of me, part of me wants to go with Landon Lewis, uh, not Landon Lewis, Ken Schrader, uh, for the same reason. He's such a fan favorite. He's won at that track. He's going for the triple, uh, so it's going to be a battle between those three drivers, without a doubt. Uh, I'd love to see Kenny Schrader get that triple uh, win at uh, DeCoin uh, this weekend. Yeah, it'll be fun uh, to see how that unfolds. But certainly dirt track racing is always an enjoyable and fun time. And uh, this is certainly going to be a fun race to watch. I would encourage everyone to, if you can't watch it uh, live, I believe you said on MAV-TV, and hopefully we can watch some highlights and see how that one unfolds. Yes, yes, indeed. So definitely looking forward to the race this weekend at DeCoin. Uh, next up, we're going to get into the NASCAR Truck Series. Uh, they are racing, Andy, at Darlington Raceway this weekend. I love the name of this race. In it to win it 200 at Darlington Raceway. This will be their second race of their playoffs, if I uh, remember correctly. Uh, that race that is, is Sunday, September the 5th. They'll be starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and the coverage will start at 1 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 
radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. The distance is 201.1 miles uh, that covers the 147 laps. The first two stages are 45 laps each with the stage one ending on lap 45, stage two on lap 90. The last stage ends on the last lap and will be 57 laps. 147 is the lap that ends the race. So uh, scrolling all the way to the bottom now, uh, we've got some things to cover here in the Camping World Truck Series uh, from previous races. Yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to find exactly the page you're on. I'm looking at the weekend preview Darlington Raceway, but I'm not sure I'm seeing that exact No, that's not it. There should be news and notes up. Let me see. I get it in an email, but uh, it's also on Jay's piece. Let me see if they've got it up. Maybe that. Here it is. It's not. I I, I found uh, it. Okay. All the way down to the bottom for the truck series. Yep. Here we go. We're in good shape here. Uh, just pulling okay. that up. Yeah, Haley, I can go ahead and start, and you can take the next one. Haley Deegan is scoring her third best finish by a female in the series. Uh, David Gilliland Racing's Haley Deegan scored her career best finish of seventh just two weeks ago at WWT Raceway at Gateway. It's the third best finish by a female competitor in the Camping World Truck Series and the first top female not at Daytona International Speedway. Now, Diggins making her second career start next weekend, that's this weekend, at Darlington. And earlier this season, she became the seventh different female competitor to compete at Darlington uh, in the series. Uh, So she's going to join the uh, other females that have done that. Jennifer Jo Cobb did it in 2010 and 2020. Joanna Long in 2011. Deborah Renshaw in 2004. Kelly Sutton in also in 2004. Terry McDonald in 2003. And Tina Gordon also in 2003. Now, the best finish by a female competitor in the truck series at Darlington is 14th by Jennifer Jo Cobb on August 14th of 2010. And that happened to be Jennifer Jo Cobb's uh, track debut as well. Now, Deegan finished 20th in her season debut, series debut, at Darlington earlier this year. So we'll have to see if she can uh, surpass Jennifer Jogop's record of uh, finishing 14th this weekend. Well, there's always a strong possibility of that, for sure. Um, when you look at uh, Deegan's progression throughout the course of the year, you know, she's getting better and better. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, moving on to the Sunoco rookie update, uh, Nice Motorsports' Carson Hostivar uh, continues to be the Sunoco rookie of the year leader with uh, 2,031 points following Gateway, which was uh, playoff race number one. He's up 21 points on Chandler Smith from Kyle Busch Motorsports, who has 2010 as far as his points go. Hostivar and Smith are the only two rookies that have earned a spot in the playoffs this year. Hostivar made his... Uh, track debut at Darlington. It was earlier this season. He actually finished a very impressive third place. Uh, Smith has made two series starts at Darlington, uh, best finish of 23rd, which came last season. Okay. Next up, we're going to be talking about clinch scenarios uh, heading into Darlington. One race into the seven-race Camping World Truck Series playoffs, 
and GMS Racing's Sheldon Creed has already punched his ticket into that next round of the postseason with his win last week at Gateway. Now, while the Truck Series is off this, uh, I should say, last weekend, uh, he is uh, going to be racing at Darlington next week. I'm a little bit worried. Do I have the right notes here? <laughs> I, I think so. Um, okay, so again, that race will start at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, and on uh, Sunday. So he is clinched. The uh, following drivers are going to clinch on points. If there's a repeat winner or a win by a driver who cannot advance in the playoffs, uh, these drivers could clinch by being 56 points above the seventh winless driver in the standings. The same point requirements listed below would hold true if a new win comes from among John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, Stuart Friesen, Austin Hill, or Carson Hosovar, which pretty much includes the entire rest of the field. So John Hunter Nemechek can clinch with some help. Uh, along with Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, Stuart Friesen, Austin Hill, and Carson Hosevar. Now, if there's a new winner from Todd Gilliland or another winless driver lower in the standings but still eligible to advance in the playoffs, the following drivers could clinch by being 56 points above the sixth winless driver in the standings. Uh, that's John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and Austin Hill, pretty much the same drivers. Now, the following drivers can clinch on a win alone. That's John Hunter, Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Crafton, Friesen, Hill, Carson Hosefar, Gilliland, Zane Smith, and Chandler Smith. So Zane Smith and Chandler Smith are the two drivers that are below the cut line right now because uh, only eight drivers will advance when these races are over. Uh, Zane is 10 points back. Chandler is 18 points back. Uh, ten, Todd Gilliland is in eighth place, 10 points uh, above the cut line. Carson Holsbar is 13 points above. Austin Hill, 21 points above. Stuart Friesen, 31 points. Matt Crafton in fourth place is 33 points above the cut line. Uh, ben Rhodes is 52 points up. And John Hunter Nemechek, 55 points up. Sheldon Creed, of course, Sheldon Creed, of course, is in on his wins, as we've already said. So uh, some pretty interesting stats there regarding how drivers can clinch this weekend. Absolutely. And the, the most sure-tried way, of course, of making that next round is to go out there and win Sunday, uh, which Without Sheldon Creed did just that uh, at Gateway at the Worldwide Technology Raceway a couple weeks ago. First race of the playoffs, he went out and won, and he's already sealed himself into the next round. Um, and, uh, I mean, quite frankly, put everybody on notice, Sharon. I think that, um, you know, he's proving that he's there to compete. Um, but he wants to go out there and repeat the win that he did uh, yeah. in the springtime. Um, certainly, uh, he went out there and won that spring race, which was a pretty wild one, and he'll look to do the same thing. Um, last season, Creed was a championship four driver in the playoffs and won the season finale at Phoenix to take home the championship this season. Uh, Creed is motivated at the opportunity to become just the second driver of all time to win back-to-back championships in the Camping World Truck Series, joining 
uh, Matt Crafton in 2013 and 2014. And if he were to win the championship again this season, he would also become just the fifth driver with multiple titles in the series. We'll take a look at that list real quickly. Uh, Ron Hornaday has four titles. Matt Crafton has three titles. Jack Sprague has three titles as well. Todd Bodine with two. And then Sheldon Creed, of course, um, with the lone title from last year, but has that opportunity to join what I would call a pretty elite list of drivers, Sharon. Those are some big names uh, with rich Mm -hmm. truck series history over the years. So that would be pretty impressive if he were able to do that. Yes, indeed. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what he does this weekend out at uh, at, uh, Darlington. Now, Darlington Raceway is the next stop for the playoff schedule as they roll into South Carolina for the second time this season at the track Too Tough to Tame. Uh, and for the In It to Win It 200, again, at 1.30 p.m. on Sunday. Now, the 2021 season marks the first year that Darlington Raceway is taking part in the playoffs since the postseason inception in 2016. Darlington Raceway is a 1.366-mile egg-shaped paved oval that has hosted eight truck series races. Uh, And that egg shape is what makes this such a tricky uh, uh, track for the drivers because the, the two corners at each end of the track are so different. So it makes it very, very interesting. The first truck race at Darlington Raceway uh, was held on May the 12th, 2001, and the race was won by Bobby Hamilton in his own race team in a Dodge. In total, eight truck series races at Darlington have produced five different pole winners and six different race winners. Uh, this weekend's race, uh, again, is going to be 147 laps, and uh, GM, uh, GMS Racing's Sheldon Creed will start from the pole Thorsport Racing's three-time series champion, Matt Crafton, will join him in that front row. Surprisingly, none of the eight truck series races at Darlington have been won from the pole or the position. Bobby Hamilton in 2003, and I'm sorry, 2001 and three. Casey Kane did it in 2004 and 11. They lead the series in wins at Darlington with those two wins. Uh, Sheldon Creed has one win there uh, this year, and uh, that was earlier this year. And then Ben Rhodes won uh, at the 2020 race at Darlington. So, again, some things to look forward to here at Darlington in the Camping World Truck Series. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun one. I've always enjoyed um you know, any racing at Darlington, it's such a historic racetrack, but specifically uh, it was nice to see the truck series rejoin the schedule. It's a little bit bittersweet though. This race was actually supposed to have been held at Canadian tire motorsport park, um, which um, unfortunately couldn't happen due to the ongoing COVID pandemic. So it was moved to Darlington. In my opinion, if you're going to move it anywhere, Darlington would be the logical place and it now falls (laughs) as a companion event with the Xfinity and Cup Series, who were originally scheduled to be there anyway. But, um, you know, unfortunate for those who wanted to obviously see that road course up in Canada, which does put on a fantastic racing. But it'll be fun to see a second race this season at Darlington for the Truck Series. And um, with it being a playoff race, you know it's going to be pretty wild and crazy. And uh, it'll be fun to see 
who comes out on top. And it will be a day race too uh, on Sunday afternoon. And as we all know, you know, a Hutton Slick Darlington Raceway means a lot of sliding around, high tire wear, and, and generally means good racing. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Me too, as well as the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, the Sport Clips Haircuts BFW Helper Euro 200 will take place Saturday, September the 4th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, and the pre-race coverage will be on NBC Sports Network starting at 3. Uh, radio coverage, of course, is on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Uh, they'll be racing a distance, same distance, uh, 201 point miles, um, 0.1 miles, 147 laps, 45 laps for Stage 1 and 2, and 57 laps for Stage 3, uh, which will end on the last lap, lap 147. So what do we have in the Xfinity Series, Andy? Well, as we take a look here, um, we, we'll start out with a little bit of news that we've already alluded to, but we can go over it again uh, real quickly to give the details. Um, Caesar Barcerella, Tommy Joe Martin's partnering in 2022, and they've announced that they are forming effectively a new Xfinity Series team called Alpha Prime Racing. It's, it's essentially going to morph out of the existing Tommy Joe Martin's team, and they've signed their first driver, which is Roger Carruth, who we've already spoken about who is an Arkham Menard Series driver. And um, he won't be competing full-time, though. He will be running a limited schedule uh, next season, which will open the seat up for other drivers, including Tommy Joe Martins himself. Cesar Barcerella heard that news and decided that working with Martins to create this new team was something that could lead to success for both of them. Right now, the team is working on filling out their driver roster for 22. Cesar Barcerella will run limited races while also competing in the Lamborghini Lanza Payne World Challenge America GT3 Championship with TR3 Racing. Martins will run 10 to 15 races for the team as well. So that's an exciting opportunity there, as we've already mentioned, and, and we look forward to seeing how that will play out for next season. Okay, and I'm sure everybody's heard this news already. Uh, it was announced earlier this week that Noah Gregson is returning to JRM in 2020. Of course, that's Junior Motorsports uh, announced that the two-time winner, Noah Gregson, will be back with the team next year. The season will mark his fourth straight season uh, and uh, for Gregson and Bass Pro Shops. True Timber Cambo, Black Rifle Coffee are also returning to the number nine Chevrolet for the third straight season. Now, Gregson's made 89 starts with the team since 2019. His first victory came at Daytona in 2020. And in the same season, he won all Bristol Motor Speedway. He has 35 top fives, I'm sorry, 34 top fives, 61 top tens, and has made the playoffs in all three seasons with the team. Uh, now, this season, he has eight top fives, 14 top tens, and he's won three of the four Xfinity Dash for Cash prices earlier this season. So great news hearing that uh, Noah Gregson is back with uh, Junior Motorsports. It sounds like uh, they're headed toward a perhaps a five-car team this next season. You know, and, and I, it's too bad Jay's not on here because he would say, I told you so, and I would be officially proven wrong because I want to say it was a week ago that we debated his future, and I didn't think he'd be back with the team, but – I was wrong in that. So this is a good opportunity for him. I think that um, 
you know, to remain with the team for a third straight season, um, you know, to get even more experience in the Xfinity series isn't a bad thing. I think it's an opportunity for him to remain competitive and to contend uh, for wins in a playoff berth next year. I think that um, it's probably the best scenario for them. And I had seen a, an interview in which uh, Noah said that this was his number one uh, desire was to return with that team for next year. So certainly a great opportunity. Um, as we take a look at moving on to the rookie standings, it's been a, a bit of a battle there, certainly um, for the rookie class. Uh, Ty Gibbs and Josh Berry have really been the two breakout stars for the rookie class here this season. Uh, they're both part-time drivers, uh, but they have gone back and forth with the lead since the start of the season. Ty Gibbs has uh, eight awards holding the lead over Josh Berry. Uh, so he has 447 points. Berry has 435 points with six rookie of the race awards. So certainly that that's a fairly tight battle. Uh, Gibbs has made 12 starts this season, three wins, eight top fives, eight top tens, and 12 starts. That's pretty impressive with one pole mm-hmm. award. And he is not entered to run this weekend. Barry has run 17 of the 24 races, has a win, five top fives, and 10 top tens. He's also not going to be running at Darlington on Saturday. Ryan Vargas is third uh, with four Rookie of the Race awards. Jade Buford is in fourth, Sam Mayer in fifth. Um, every driver in the rookie class has won at least one award throughout the season. Sam Mayer, I should note, um, is probably going to have some success throughout the rest of the season since he's running, I believe, the rest of the races in that eight car for JR Motorsports. So um, look for him to possibly uh, make some uh, make some ground up on the rest of the rookie class. But certainly been a good battle there between Gibbs and Barry. Given the fact they're running a limited schedule, it's hard to say who's going to come out on top with that, but uh, certainly been fun to watch. Yes, indeed. The uh, Xfinity Series, what is it, three races left in the Xfinity Series? Uh, and we'll talk about what they can do to clench this weekend at Darlington and get their name on the list of 12 drivers that will be advancing. Now, um, four playoff spots are already up for grabs, as eight drivers have already secured their spot in the postseason heading into Darlington. Uh, And those drivers include um, A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sendrick, Justin Algauer, Daniel Hemrick, Harrison Burton, Justin Haley, and Jeb Burton have all clinched their spot into the playoffs already. But now next are the drivers that uh, if there's a repeat winner or win by a driver who cannot advance to the playoffs, these drivers could clinch by being 111 points above the fifth winless driver in the standings. Uh, The same points requirements listed below would hold true if a new win comes from among Daniel Hamrick, Harrison Burton, Brandon Jones, Noah Gregson, uh, and then they would clinch with just 11 points. Uh, if there's a new winner from Jeremy Clements or another winless driver lower in the standings but still eligible to advance in the playoffs, these drivers could clinch by being 110 points above the fourth winless drivers, and there's only one, and that's Noah Gregson, uh, and he would clinch with 20 points. Now, Matt Snyder could clinch with one point uh, on because of his previous win. So he's going to pretty much clinch this weekend. Uh, now, these drivers can clinch with a win. 
they're the winless driver so far this season. Although Maya Snyder has a win, doesn't he? I guess if he, he gets that, another he, win, it's going to yeah, help him. Yeah, Homestead. It came at Homestead, so he should be locked in as it is. So Noah Gregson, Brandon Jones, Darren McClements, Riley Earps, and Myatt Snyder can clinch with a win alone. Uh, and also the drivers that are outside the the playoffs right now, Ryan Sieg and Brandon Brown, uh, would need a win in order to get in. Uh, so my, uh, Michael Lynette, Ryan Sieg, and Brandon Brown are all below uh, so they all need a win in order to get in. Michael Annette's already been granted a waiver. He's only raced 19 of the 23 races on the season. Riley Earps holds that spot above the cut line. He's 68 points up. Uh, and the group that's not clinched, Noah Gregson, Brandon Jones, Jeremy Clements, and Riley Earps, uh, are all looking to get a win this weekend for sure. Yeah, they sure are. You know, and as you mentioned, three races left, uh, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, um, all unique racetracks. You've got, um, you know, the two tough-to-team track, of course, at Darlington this weekend, and then you've got two short tracks. So it's, I think it could get pretty interesting in terms of the final playoff rundown for sure. So that'll be um, interesting to watch. Still a lot of racing left as well. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on the Xfinity Series. It could get uh, pretty crazy. Uh, the next three weeks, yeah, but um, one name uh, that returns to the Xfinity Series uh, that we haven't seen all year, um, Cup Series veteran Denny Hamlin, of course, uh, generally um, will run this Darlington race every season. He's back to drive the 54 machine for Joe Gibbs Racing this weekend, uh, which automatically, I think, makes him the favorite for this win. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was hoping that he would go unnoticed in our fantasy points. Mike Orzel, of course, was uh, the one to beat me to the punch on that pick certainly would have been my number one going into this weekend. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, he's got uh, 13 starts at Darlington in the series, the Infinity Series, with five wins, 10 top fives, 12 top tens, and five poles. In every race that he started on the pole, he ended up winning. He competed in this race last season for JGR and started 37th to finish fifth. He's led 586 laps and has completed 100% of those laps attempted he has an average start of 11.4 and an average finish of 5.6. In the Cup Series, Hamlin has 18 starts at Darlington with three wins, 10 top fives, and 14 top tens. He has an average start of 8.8 with an average finish of 7.4. He has led 598 laps, and his most recent win there was in June of last year. He will start 14th on Saturday, and it will be, of course, his first Xfinity Series start of 2021. Yeah, that's going to make it exciting. I remember... Um... Uh, watching Denny Hamlin in the Xfinity Series. And these drivers love racing against him. So I think uh, uh, they're going to enjoy having him back on the track at Darlington. Okay, now the battle for the regular season championship has heated up with Team Penske's Austin Sendrick finishing 39th at Daytona last weekend, coupled with colleague racing's A.J. Allmendinger winning that race. Um, or nearly winning it. He actually finished runner-up. The pendulum in the NASCAR Xfinity Series driver standings lead has swung to Almondinger's advantage. He's up by 17 points with just the three races left to run. Now, prior to losing uh, the Xfinity Series driver standings last weekend at Daytona, Ostrich held that number one spot all season long. 
Austin Sendrick. Sendrick won the regular season championship last year and is looking to become the first driver to win multiple season titles. Um, Now, the last four drivers uh, to win a title are Austin Sendrick, Tyler Reddick, Justin Algauer, and Elliot Sandler. Uh, Now, Almendinger would love to add his name to that list. Uh, He's been outstanding over the last seven races, closing the points gap between Sendrick and himself by more than 100 points, including three runner-up finishes and a win at Michigan in the last four races. Almendinger has just three races left this year uh, to hold on to that points lead and become the fifth different driver to win the regular season championship and collect the 15 additional playoff points. Uh, He's made his track debut at Darlington earlier this season. He started first and finished 13th. Sendrick has made five starts at Darlington, posting one top five and two top tens. His best finish was a fourth, and that was last year. I think I'd give the edge to Sendrick on this particular track, but we'll see what happens. What do you think, Andy? Well, I I went with Sendrick for this weekend. Uh, I do think that... uh, you know, he's going to run really well and have a chance at it. And um, it is interesting, though, to see this championship battle heat up because to begin the season, I would have expected Sendrick to totally run away with it. Um, but that hasn't necessarily been the case. He's had a good year, but not not quite the year that I would have expected. So it's still a very tight championship battle. The colleague cars have certainly made it interesting, specifically with A.J. Allmendinger. So uh, definitely a lot of racing left and definitely uh, not over by any means. Okay, we'll summarize these next two because we're down to only about four, uh, six minutes left. All right, yeah, just looking at, um, I guess, facts and figures here real quick, Darlington edition. 52 Xfinity Series races with 29 pole winners, 34 different race winners. First race was back in 1982. That was won by Jeff Bodine. Chase Elliott holds the record for the youngest winner at 18 years old. That was back in 2014. Uh, Dick Trick was the oldest winner at 56 years old. There's only And only 15 races uh, have been won from the pole or for starting position. Most recently, Denny Hamlin back in 2017. The race record is at 141 miles an hour in 2015 by Denny Hamlin. Carl Edwards holds the Xfinity Series Darlington qualifying record at uh, 176,994. That was in 2008. Um, Xfinity Series last was there in the springtime, so they get two races there this year. That was uh, Justin Allgaier who won that race. And uh, his margin of victory was over teammate Josh Berry, uh, 0.4 seconds. Okay, very good, Andy. <laughs> uh, the, the playoffs on the horizon, three races left in the regular season. Uh, we've kind of referenced that already. Uh, Justin Haley punched his ticket uh, last weekend uh, to the 2021 playoffs with his first win of the season. Uh, now, Daytona always produces exciting finishes, and that was no different with Haley winning by a very close margin, 0.023 seconds over his teammate, uh, A.J. Allmendinger, who took the right flag in front of the field. But in a three-wide finish, it was Haley that came out victorious. And College Racing's been phenomenal this year. Uh, All three of College Racing's uh, drivers uh, have locked into the playoffs. And the race was, uh, we, we mentioned this already, it was originally supposed to run under the lights Friday evening, but rain 
postponed the event to a doubleheader at Daytona. There were 17 lead changes, seven cautious for 29 laps, uh, and uh, Justin Algauer was the driver who actually finished third. He was able to pass Jeb Burton right at the end there, and Daniel Hemrick rounded out the top five. Uh, the Xfinity Series champion, Austin Sindrick, who is leading the point standings, was involved in a crash that left him with a 39th place finish after heading into the weekend with the lead. He lost that lead, as we've mentioned, by 17 points to uh, A.J. Allmendinger. Now, Hemrick uh, in the number 18, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, will lead the field to green this weekend, and Almondinger will join him on the front row. So that's pretty cool uh, to see that. Okay, now, um, real quick, I believe that um, Jay left me some notes here. Let's see if I can find it. I was going to see if I could give a real quick update here on the um, fantasy point standings, but I think these notes are kind of buried for our group. Do you know where they are? Did he leave them in Hot Topics, or have you seen them? Um, I, I have not seen them, unfortunately. Okay, because they're buried right now, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Apologies. We'll have to, I'll have to keep looking for that. But let's go ahead and get into the Cup Series because, uh, again, time is uh, going to be winding down here. Um, <clears throat> the Cookout Southern 500 will take place at Darlington Raceway on Sunday at 6 p.m. That's September the 5th. Pre-race coverage will be on NBC Sports Network at 5.30 and radio coverage on MRN and SiriusXM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. This race will be a little bit longer, 501.3 miles, uh, over 367 laps. Uh, The first two stages are 115 laps each. Uh, Stage 1 ends on lap 115, stage 2 on lap 230, and the last stage ends on the last lap, 367, and my math's not quick enough for me to tell you what that number of laps is. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I think it is 367 laps or 500 miles. That would make sense. Okay. So what what do we have for the uh, Cup Series here? All right, just scrolling to the bottom here real quick to get to the beginning of the Cup Series stuff. So this, of course, is the first playoff race of the Cup Series. Uh, just taking a look here. Um, first off, Ryan Blaney. Got to talk about the hot streak that he's been on, of course. He's looking for oh, three yeah. straight Cup wins, um, coming off wins at Daytona and Michigan, of course. Um, if he's able to accomplish his third straight victory, he will be the 23rd different driver to accomplish that feat, joining Kyle Larson, uh, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano. So obviously some big names there. Um, taking a look at um, the next topic here, which also involves Ryan Blaney, uh, Advanced Auto Parts, which of course is one of his sponsors, awards $1,200 to NASCAR Short Tracks following Ryan Blaney's win. Um, one of the leading automotive aftermarket uh, parts retailers and entitlement sponsor of the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. 
Uh, they'll award $1,200 to Limelin Motorsports Park in Alida, Idaho, and Bethel Motor Speedway in White Lake, New York, after Ryan Blaney captured his third Cup Series win of the season at Daytona. They're using its associate sponsorship of Blaney and the Team Tenske number 12 Ford to highlight NASCAR-sanctioned local tracks across the U.S. and Canada that are part of that weekly series. Limelin and Bethel were featured on Blaney's car at Daytona, and for every victory in 2021, $1,200 will be used for uh, donated to, to a short track for their operations, local driver winnings, or supporting a charity of the track's choosing. So that's pretty exciting news there. And, of course, uh, this weekend highlighting local short tracks, Blaney will have Lawrence Motor Speedway, which is right near Darlington, and Claremont Motorsports Park on the car at uh, Darlington Raceway this weekend. Okay. Uh, Team Pinsky has been looking. Did you cover the three straight wins? You covered the yes. Auto Parts Award. You covered both of those, right? I did, yeah. Kind of grouped them together. Okay, okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> now, so far this year, we've seen some really good competition in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, and the regular season has been deemed one of the best, and the numbers certainly match the eye test. Now, the first 26 races were pretty phenomenal from a statistic standpoint uh, and perhaps even record-breaking. The 2021 regular season saw 14 different winners, which is tied for the second-highest number in the playoff era with 2017, 12, and 7, just one win shy of the playoff era record of 15 different winners that was set in 2014. This season's also seen an increase in the number of green flag passes, plus 13.2% compared to last year, and the highest total of green flag passes for the lead through 26 races, 79,767. That's the most since 2007. In addition, the Cup Series uh, season is averaging 26.7 green flag passes for the leads per race, 20%, 20.8% 20%, 20.8% from the 15-year average of 22.1 per race for the first 26 races of the season. During the regular season, three tracks have seen records set for green flag passes for the lead. That includes Miami, Homestead Miami Speedway, 34, uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway with 56, and Michigan with 42. So some interesting stats there. I know we talked about uh, the number of different winners at the beginning of the year. We were wondering if we would make it to 16 different winners this year. Uh, 14 is not shabby. No, it's really not. Actually, uh, I was one that did think we could see 16. We did not, but 14 is still pretty good. Um, Taking a look at the playoff seeding order going into Darlington, of course, race number one of the 2021 playoffs. Uh, Kyle Larson is first, Ryan Blaney second, Martin Truex Jr. ranks third, Kyle Busch in fourth, Chase Elliott fifth, Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Eric Almarola, Tyler Reddick, and believe it or not, Kevin Harvick actually ranks as the last playoff car in 16th. Not something I thought I would see, but given Stuart Haas racing's difficult season, that's where they wind up. So um, there's your playoff field as they kick things off this weekend in Darlington. Okay. Um, it's a uh, pretty good field. 
Now, uh, since the inception of the postseason in 2004, 42 different drivers have qualified for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, including this season's 16 driver field. Three drivers this season are making their playoff career debut. That includes Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Ty, and Tyler Ruddick. The veterans, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch, are making their Cup Series record-tying 15th playoff appearance, tied with Jimmy Johnson for the most all-time. Nine former Cup Series champions make up this season's 16-driver uh, playoff field, uh, including... Kyle Busch is the only active competitor with active, with uh, multiple uh, championships. He won the championship in 2015 and in 19. So seven different organizations are represented this season in the play, postseason. Hendrick Motorsports uh, and, Ty, and Joe Gibbs Racing are getting all four of their teams into the postseason. So that's very noteworthy. Also, all three Cup Series official engine manufacturers have qualified for the playoffs as well, led by Ford with seven entries into the postseason. Chevrolet has five and Toyota has four. Looking ahead to Darlington, there are six former winners that are entered in the race this weekend, led by Kevin Harvick. He won in 20, twice in 2020 and once in 2014. Denny Hamlin won in 2020, 17, and in 10, and so they both have three apiece. So uh, I don't know. Do we want to go over those drivers and their stats for this year? Um, that's up to you, I suppose. Uh, let's come back to that if we have okay. time. Okay. You can cover the clinch scenarios. All right, let me take a look at that. Just trying to I lost my place here, so just trying to figure this out. A lot of information here for the Cup Series, of course, as there should be, given the fact that we are into the playoffs. So just looking at the playoff structure, just bear with me here a second. Unless you have it right in front of you, Sharon. I somehow lost my place here, unfortunately. Okay, so, let me, let me go ahead. Just a quick rundown of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Uh, the playoff format is competed over the last 10 races, including 16 drivers in four rounds. Uh, the four rounds are, of course, the round of 16, 12, and 8. And then the final round is that championship four. Uh, a victory in the first 26 races guarantees a berth in the 10-race playoffs. Uh, the number of playoff drivers in contention uh, in the championship decreased after every three playoff races. So uh, after this round, 16 will pair down to 12, uh, and uh, it will pair down to uh, 12 after race number three, eight after race number six, and four after race number nine. The first three races, 27 to 29, will be known as the round of 16. Uh, 30, races 30 to 32 will be known as the round of 12, and races 33 to 35, the round of 8. The last race is the number race, and that is for the championship four. The win by a championship-eligible driver in the playoff race automatically clinches the winning driver a spot in the next round. Four drivers entered in the championship race with a chance at the title with the highest finisher among those four capturing the prestigious 
Cup Series Championship. Um, let's see. I think everybody pretty much knows all of this stuff. So let's uh, let's move up here. Let's look at the history of Darlington Raceway as a challenge itself for the competitors. All right. Yeah, historical um, Darlington Raceway. It is a challenge, of course, and this is a crown of the crown jewel events, but um, it's the perfect stage for the Cup Series playoff opener, which is the Cookout Southern 500. Of course, we've already mentioned that will be Sunday at 6. Um, originally, the track was built as a 1.2-mile paved super speedway in 1949 to 1950. It hosted the first 500-mile event in NASCAR history and the first on asphalt in September 4th of 1950. 75 cars, wow, completed in that inaugural event. Curtis Turner won the pole, and uh, the race was won by Johnny Mance in a Plymouth in a race that took six hours and 38 minutes, 40 seconds to compete. That's crazy how long that took. That's amazing. uh, They've undergone some changes throughout the years. In 1953, uh, the track was remeasured to 1.375 miles, and then in 1970 reconfigured to uh, 1.366, which is the current configuration. Um, The track was repaved in 95, and then again prior to 2008, and over the years, The historic facility has become known, of course, as the track too tough to team. In 120 Cup Series races, uh, they've produced 51 different pole winners, 51 different race winners. Six of the 51 Cup Series pole winners um, are active this weekend, which includes Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Newman, Denny Hamlin, and William Byron. NASCAR Hall of Famer David Pearson leads the series in poles with 12. Kevin Harvick leads all active drivers with two uh, poles. or two each, I should say. And then, um, let's see, of the 51 Cup Series, Darlington uh, winners, six are active, as we just mentioned. And this weekend's race, of course, will be 500 miles, 367 laps, as you already mentioned, Sharon. And um, the lineup for this race, I'm not sure if we've gone over that yet or not. Um, It was, of course, determined by the qualifying metric, and as a result, Ryan Blaney starts from the pole. Benny Hamlin joins him on the front row, uh, the first starting position is uh, the most proficient starting position, of course, producing more winners starting from the pole than any other starting position at Darlington. So certainly track position reigns supreme here, as it does most places. Uh, in total of 20 of the 120 Cup Series events, uh, they've been won from the pole or the first starting position. Most recently, um, the most recent driver to accomplish that feat was Kevin Harvick in 2014. Yes, indeed. Now, what, despite they didn't mention, they did do a repave this uh, between, since the last race at Darlington over in turn two. And I know some of the drivers are saying it's a little bit of an unknown on how that's going to play out this weekend. Uh, the drivers don't really know whether to expect grip, and a lot of that depends on the weather. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. This is the playoff opener for the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, and uh, Darlington Raceway is the fourth track to host the first race of the Cup Series postseason. New Hampshire Motor Speedway hosted the first race from the playoffs from 2004 to 10. Then Chicagoland Speedway held the first race of the playoffs from 2011 to 17. And then Las Vegas Motor Speedway hosted the first race of the playoffs from 2018 to 19. So uh, it's going to be uh, pretty fun to watch. Uh, this first round, 
uh, is Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol. Uh, Bristol's going to be the cutoff race, and that's on September the 18th. Uh, the next round is Las Vegas, Talladega, and Charlotte. Uh, with Charlotte being, uh, that's the Charlotte Road Course, will be the cutoff race taking place on October the 10th. And then the next round uh, is Texas, Kansas, and Martinsville, with Martinsville being the cutoff race for the final four. And that will take place on Sunday, October the 31st. Phoenix will be the championship race on Sunday, November the 7th. Prior to the 2020 season, Darlington Raceway hosted just one other playoff race, and that was the penultimate event in the inaugural playoffs in 2004. That race was won by seven-time series champion and former Hendrick Motorsports driver Jimmy Johnson. The opening uh, race of the Cup Series playoffs has gone on to win four, the title four different times. In 2004, the inaugural Cup playoffs, uh, Kurt Busch won the opening race at New Hampshire and went on to win the title. In 2011, the race was delayed until Monday because of rain, but Tony Stewart won the first race of the season at Chicago to open the playoffs and then went on to set the record for the most wins in a playoff run with five victories and the title. Uh, that was an amazing year. In 2012, Brad Keselowski won the playoff race at Chicago, then went on to win the title. And in 2017, Martin Truex Jr. won the playoff race at Chicago and then went on to win the championship that same year. Uh, Another reason why they should still have Chicago open. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Definitely producing good racing there over the years. They have finished in the opening race of the playoffs uh, by a driver that went on to win the title was Jimmy Johnson's 39th place finish at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in 2006. The worst finish in the opening playoff race at Chicago for a driver that went on to win the title was Jimmy Johnson's 12th place finish in 2016. And the worst finishing in, in the opening of the playoffs at Las Vegas by a driver that went on to win the title was Kyle Busch's 19th place finish in 2019. Last year, Chase Elliott finished 20th at Darlington and then went on to win the playoffs and the title. Uh, to, went on to win the title. No non-playoff driver has ever won the opening race of the playoffs, and since the inception of the elimination-style format of the playoffs in 2014, entering the playoffs in the number one seed has been the most successful seeding, producing three championships among two drivers, Kyle Busch in 2015 and 19, and Martin Truex in 2017. The deepest seed and eventual champion has started the playoffs with seventh by Kevin Harvick in 2014 and Joey Logano in 2018. Elliott was seeded fifth last season entering the playoffs. So uh, just uh, some interesting stats there as we think about uh, these playoffs. Uh, Let's go ahead and go back to these drivers. We'll go two by two from the bottom up uh, with some of the stats there for these drivers uh, going into the playoffs this weekend. All right. Sounds good. I'll have you just start out real quick, and then I'll get back to that point. Okay. We'll start with Kevin Harvick in the number four for Stuart Haas Racing. He's 16th seed, 2002 points. He's made 27 starts at Darlington, grabbing three wins in 2014. 
one in 2020 and three in 2020. What does that mean? Three starts? (laughs) Oh, yeah, last year they did play at Darlington three times. Okay, 11 top fives. The series most among active drivers. He has 16 top tens. He is the defending winner of this event last year, and he's still looking for his first victory of the 2021 season. I'm not going to be surprised if Kevin Harvick comes out with a win at Darlington. There's also Tyler Reddick, the number eight for Richard Childress Racing, heads into uh, the playoffs with the number 15 seed with 2,003 points. He's made four starts at Darlington, posting one top 10 finish, then that was a seventh place. Sorry, Sharon. I'm, I don't know where we're at. <laughs> I'm just trying to find this, this and, and okay. all this information here. So I'll keep going. I'll, I'll keep to... going two by two and checking in with you then. <laughs> oh, I see where we're at. We've got the, uh, the playoff outlook. Is that where we're looking at right now? Yeah. We're just going over the, the different drivers. Um, Scouting the playoffs. So, so then, Eric Almarola is the number 14 seed with 2005 yeah. points with one race win. Here in 2021, he had no stage wins, um, playoff points with five, and um, zero points from the cutoff is what I'm showing right now. Actually, I think you want to look at uh, the section that the title of the section is actually scouting the playoff field, and then it goes to championship playoff era. It ranks the drivers. But then it gives every driver individually and some of their stats. Oh, I I see where I get confused because I kind of went through this quickly earlier, and I see that we're going back to it. Okay, gotcha. All right, so Eric Almarola, number 10. Stuart Haas Racing Ford rolls into Darlington as the number 14 seed. He's got 2,005 points. Uh, 12 series starts at Darlington with two top tens. And Michael McDowell, of course, in the playoffs because of his Daytona 500 victory. Uh, he's the number 13 seed with 2,005 points. He's made 12 starts at Darlington, putting up a best finish of 16th. And that was earlier, actually, last season. Okay. Um I'm kind of lost now. Christopher Bell in the number 20 for Joe Gibbs Racing uh, is uh, 2,005 points in 12th. He's made four starts at Darlington with a best finish of 11th. Kurt Busch in the number one for Chip Ganassi Racing is 11th seed at 2,008 points. 27 starts at Darlington gives him four top fives and 11 top tens. Um, Ranks up next, of course, as the Number 10 seed, he's got uh, 2,008 points. He's made 15 starts at Darlington, including a win in 2018, five top five, seven top tens. Teammate Joey Logano in the number 22 Ford is the number nine seed. He's got 2,013 points. He has 15 starts at Darlington with four top five, seven top tens. Okay, William Byron in the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports, number eight seed, 2,014 points. The six starts at Darlington has given him two top fives and two top tens. Denny Hamlin, the number 11, heads to Darlington as number seven seed at 2,015 points. 18 starts at Darlington, he's put up three wins uh, and 10 top fives and 14 top tens. Some pretty impressive stats. 
All right, Alex Bowman, of course, uh, is the number six seed. He's had quite a season this year. Uh, eight starts at Darlington with the top five and two top tens. Chase Elliott, of course, uh, the number five seed, uh, which is the same seeding that he started last season with, of course, and then went, went on to win the title. He's made nine starts at Darlington uh, with two top fives and four top tens. Okay. Kyle Busch in the number 18 at Joe Gibbs Racing heads to Darlington number four seed with 2,022 points. In 19 series starts, he's posted one win in 2008, six top fives, and 13 top tens. Martin Truex Jr., the number three seed in the number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing machine, um, has made 19 starts at Darlington, posting two wins in 16 and 21, three top fives, and nine top tens. All right, and the final the two, two, of course, Ryan, Ryan Blaney is number two, of course, coming off three star, two straight wins, um, which were, of course, at Michigan Daytona to close out the regular season. Uh, Blaney has nine starts at Darlington, um, with only one top ten finish, surprisingly enough. I'm sure he'll look to improve upon that this weekend. And the number one seed with no surprise um, by quite a large margin, Kyle Larson, of course, uh, seven starts at Darlington with four top fives and six top tens. Yes, indeed. Okay, Andy, I was able to manage to find um, these points for okay. the um, – I'm going to try to cover this. Yeah, here's the truck series. In the truck series, we'll start with that. I happen to have the lead there. It's the only series I'm doing good in. Um, 62 points over you, Andy, uh, and actually it's a three-way tie between you, Jay, and Mike, all at 59 points. So you guys are right on my heels. Uh, and then Tommy is there in uh, the next uh, spot at 54 points. He's just five points behind you guys. Owen, three points behind him at 51 points. Sam at 38, and James at 34 points. In the Xfinity series, okay, let me see if I've got this right. In the Xfinity series, it's Sam at the top, and I think that's, no, that's the Cup series. Okay, this is the Xfinity series. In the Xfinity series, it's Mike at the top uh, with 78 points. Andy, you're right on his heels at 76 points. Sam is at 72, Jay at 70, so just an eight-point spread between the top four there. James at 69, Owen at 66, Tommy at 60, also at 66, and I am bringing up the rear here at 64 points in the Xfinity Series. In the Cup Series, in the Cup Series, it is Sam Bornhorst at the top of the list. He's at 114 points. Two points behind him is Jay. Uh, Then it's Mike at 109, me at 100, Owen at 99, James at 92, Tommy at 91, and Andy, bless your heart, at 50 points. (laughs) I'm sticking sticking (laughs) with my driver. I know it's been a tough year, but it's going to pay off eventually. It will pay off eventually. You are right. Overall, overall, Mike uh, has the points lead right now at 246 points. Right behind him is Jay at 241. 
Uh, I'm a distant uh, third place at 226 points, but Sam is just two points behind me at 224. Owen at 216, Tommy at 211, James at 195, and Andy at 185. So um, there there you have it for the uh, Fan for Racing Fantasy Group in the series point standings. Uh, And I think we're right on track to be able to end our show on time, Andy. I think so, um, you know, and certainly always appreciate the fantasy points updates. And um, it should be noted that now that we're in playoff season, I believe we get double points. So these these leads and shifting of position within those fantasy point standings can change drastically. So definitely not over yet for most of us. I don't know that I'm in the running for the overall <laughs> points lead. That's okay. But, Me you know, either, I think Andy. as far as, is some of is some of those toward the top, I think that things can shift either way. So it should be fun to watch, and going into double points certainly means larger shifts in points with every given week. That's right. Uh, the good days are really good, and the bad days are really bad. So we'll have to see what happens uh, with this group as the uh, playoffs continue. Three more races for us to get into the playoffs for the Xfinity Series. But now we've got the Truck Series and the Cup Series entering the playoffs with the first race for the Cup Series this weekend, along with the second race for the Truck Series this weekend, all at Darlington. One of my favorite race weekends. Yeah, it is for me, too. Um, Actually, um, I don't even know if I told you guys, but I'm actually going to go down there tomorrow for this weekend. So. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I've never been before, but it's such a historic track, and it's Labor Day weekend. It's the Southern 500. It was one of these ones that um, definitely wanted to do it at some point, and that'll be this year. So looking forward to it. Um, all three you. series, obviously. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's been, fortunately for me, been a pretty good year of racing, trying to make up for lost time last year. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh yeah, and it should be a lot of fun. And you know, whether you whether you're there or watching on TV, though, Darlington's always just a fun weekend. It's a traditional weekend. It's it's one of our crown jewel events, and you know, it's something to be excited about. So, certainly, uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely, uh, I think everybody's looking forward to it. Um, uh, and I'm I'm jealous. And Darlington is certainly one of my bucket list tracks that I would love to get to. Uh, My traveling days have been a little bit limited. I've had such a busy schedule uh, that I've not been able to get to too many tracks here recently, but that's going to change eventually. And hopefully I'll be back at the track uh, with uh, some of these racing events. But um, we're definitely looking forward to the whole weekend of racing. Uh, Don't forget there's going to be a fun race at DeCoin this weekend as well in the Arkham Menard series. And uh, that series is winding down its season. Uh, Four races left to go in the Arkham Menard series. And uh, they've had a busy summer, but it's going to start to slow down a little bit for them too. So this is kind of the season um, rush, if you will, the end of the season rush. So, um, Andy, uh, I hope you have safe travels out there to Darlington this weekend. Uh, enjoy the races, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, are, will you be able to join us on uh, Monday, Tuesday night? No, yet. I guess I would 
I would uh, say to be determined on on Tuesday, um, but um, hopefully things will work out. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, should be a good one for sure. Um, and uh, of course, everyone hopefully will enjoy the uh, holiday weekend. Okay. Take care, everybody. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy your holiday weekend with your family and friends, and be safe. Take care. Hey, have a good one. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.